0: SHUT UP
1: AND SIT DOWN! There was down. a wiki in there. Well, it was, uh, it was Holly's own version of the wiki, I think. It was the visual wiki. Yeah. I mean, Josh does the visual wiki every time as well, but... Uh, I
2: also did not want to interrupt the, the intro. Well,
1: I mean, talking over it a little bit's okay. Josh likes to do the Mm -hmm. wiki,
3: wiki, 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 wow.
1: But Josh isn't here. He's been replaced by Holly.
3: Hi, everyone.
1: Uh, Holly was with us last week for the Paranormal Investigations episode. She did Uh, such
3: a good job. Paranormal pod friends.
1: Yeah, such a good job. We fired Josh. Uh, That son of a bitch is out (laughs) for this week. (laughs) He fired me faster than I fired his ass. Chris number two was so amazing.
2: Well, it only took twenty three episodes to do it. So hey,
1: (laughs) of the new Utah podcast because that's who we are, right? New Utah, yes, the new
2: Utah podcast. Freaking talk right now,
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah. So the new Utah podcast episode number twenty three. We'll figure out what the hell the name is sometime during this episode. It's it's Um, like magic. It just presents itself.
2: It's organic. (laughs) It's
0: it's like a cat (laughs) meat. (laughs) She just presents herself (laughs) out of the blue. What the
1: hell? (laughs)
4: I've
0: had a lot of cats in my life.
4: I know what they're
1: like when they're in heat. They're annoying as fuck. (laughs) Uh, This deep, sultry voice that is still fucking coughing three weeks later. Uh, not whooping cough, uh, which I did have last uh, year. That was thanks to Josh's wife over Christmas last year.
0: Didn't you get it like right after Thanksgiving? No, no.
1: So Carissa had it. Uh, I got it from her probably at the Christmas party or somewhere in that neighborhood because I spent plenty of time at, well, I don't know if it was at the, this ugly sweater party or just. So oh, one of the times that, I was at Josh's house was it I, that
0: Christmas dinner we had at Josh's.
1: Well, it's probably it's probably just me being at his house at some point uh many times cuz he's down the street from me. I'm over there a lot. Uh but anyway, I got whooping cough, uh which was fucking awesome. Um uh, but this is not whooping cough. Um <laughs> you
2: it's do not, not have the whoop.
1: <laughs> well, I just never really cough. got the whoop. Like only a couple times did that happen, but the cough is very different. did not you about break a rib? I did. I'm I'm pretty sure I cracked at least one rib doing cough. That's coughing. the worst. Yeah, it was pretty painful. So even after the cough was gone, like two months later, I was dealing with a broken rib. It's like the clap,
0: it just doesn't go away. Mm,
2: no. It's a I mean, gift that keeps on giving. If the clap can go away, it's herpes <laughs> that stays with you, man. We had this conversation yeah, last week, you guys. A, I was just like, yeah, you forgot I'm, your, I'm you. so glad we've come full circle now.
1: <laughs> v D. There's different levels of V D and herpes is one of the worst. Uh, very treatable, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I am Chris uh, with my uh, lovely cough. Uh, I am a local Utah entrepreneur. Uh, run a software company uh, that does mobile point of sale software, uh, and I love Utah. Been here since '99, and uh, yeah, a lot of love for Utah. Across from me, lip syncing. I don't. I can't even hear the song. <laughs> uh, but Jess is in a uh, a lovely uh, poncho.
3: I don't really know um, the technical term for this. People always ask me, and I've had this for four years. I got it in Florence, Italy. And I it's don't know a, it's just awesome. It's so. like
1: a cross between a nice wool pea coat and a poncho.
3: I had some strangers tell me my fashion was on point today, so it's, I'm going with ooh. that.
1: It's nice, and it you know it's very complimentary with the red headset and the red hair and the thanks. You know, it's an ensemble. It's
3: in fall. It looks very November first.
1: Jess is not on the list. I'm
3: not on the list, she, but I did vote. She lives in
1: crazy Utah <laughs> County and even crazier Saratoga Springs, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I don't bit, live in so. Saratoga
3: Springs. I'm next door. Yeah. Sorry. It's
1: the same place. It's not. Eagle <laughs> Mountain of and Eagles. Saratoga Springs are the same <laughs> place. One's closer to the old tire dump <laughs> than the
0: other.
3: Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't even know where that is. Uh, it's it's what just burnt,
0: up the street from you, probably. It's what burnt a few years ago. That's it's right
2: at, Oh, yeah.
3: yes. That's why I had to. Yeah.
0: Was it? Really? That's where they
3: all The dump, dump, dump fire. So I yeah. used to. I used to I'd in evacuate.
1: My, in my younger days as a uh, party goer, they used to have a lot of raves up there at that tire dump. Oh, nice. And uh, it was cool because, I mean, it's it's all covered. There's not tires really super exposed anymore. <laughs> um, but the sound and the, the reverberation off the ground, which is full of rubber, essentially. It's pretty awesome. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: it's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool stuff. <laughs> uh,
1: we
0: also have, uh, making techno noises, <laughs> Holly's brother, Jeremy, who's trying very hard not to get fired himself. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, so we just we, we, we just came out of Halloween, and uh, we actually had a neighbor who came and told us that, that his snack, his treat for the older kids that come when it's too late... It's ketchup packets. He saves his ketchup
4: packets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he has them. So when the, when the high school kids come trick-or-treating late at night, he just puts ketchup packets in there. And they don't know the difference oh, until they get home. That is fucking awesome. I would put, like,
1: hot sauce packets. Ooh. And not, like, good hot sauce. Not like the Taco Bell Fire, but, like, the Taco Bell Mild or the green sauce from Taco Time or something. But that, <laughs> that would require me to actually think about it. I actually think... Uh, for Halloween, um, next year, I'm just going to fucking turn off my porch light and not do candy. You
0: just come come to our fire pit tomorrow, next year. Yeah, I
1: mean, we had maybe 10 times we had the doorbell ring or the, the door knocked on that we had to get up and, and go answer it. So I'm guessing tops 30 trick-or-treaters all night. Wow. And I live in a neighborhood full of fucking kids. And I got like maybe 30. So I was giving out like just freaking two handfuls of candy to every person and we still had like half our
0: candy so I just don't think I'm going to bother next year. Yeah, just come join us. That's why Holly joined us because yeah. she doesn't get anybody in her apartment complex either.
1: So Jeremy is uh, Salt City Home Designs.
0: Yes. Uh, he is a local architect, <laughs> a local businessman. Coming out of my crazy season. Now, now that it's starting to snow on the bench. Uh, yeah. The, now the rich people that pay you to do
1: different designs, they're like, well, we can wait now. We'll wait, we'll wait. <laughs> we so, can't well, build any new they, houses.
0: And with... with now that we're done with Halloween, Thanksgiving's yeah. right around the corner. Nobody is thinking about building a house. Nope. Th- they're thinking about uh, Christmas presents. For Thanksgiving Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I'm still super busy, but the next few weeks, hopefully... Things You'll start to slow down slow a Slow down bit. just a little so I can breathe for the holidays. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm happy to have the work, but oh my goodness, it's been crazy. And then,
1: of course, Jeremy's sister, Holly. Holly Gates, Hi, everyone. Uh, she's also uh, a Utah person.
2: I am. Um not a native. I was, uh, but I've been here long enough that. It
1: would be interesting for Jeremy to be non native and you to be native. That so. Could be cool. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> oh, certainly. it's very.
2: We, our our uh, youngest sister is a native, so.
1: Oh, there you go. There so, you, you, go. you know. But that, I mean, we are in Utah. You guys are from a Mormon family. Your youngest sister could be 20 years younger than you, so. Which she is. just no, <laughs> <I was laughs> kidding. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> really? Are you serious? <laughs> uh, it does happen. Uh, a so, lot. uh, Breeze, for instance, Breeze, uh, uh, Bree's uncle um, is the same age as, I don't fucking remember, Bree's cousin is the same age as our, our kids, uh, a little bit older, like two years. So, I mean, there's a big difference there. Yeah. You see that all over. Yeah. So, big Good families. Text. That's I like what 13 happens. years
3: between my youngest brother and
1: I. Yeah. My brother and I are about, uh, we're 16 months apart. So, about a year and a half. And, uh, uh, yeah, we just beat the shit out of each other every time we see each other. Well, and- when he's not in prison, right? And, yeah. Well, he's out. He's been out <laughs> for a while, but he's still got about he's got about three and a half more years on my clock before I'll consider him a decent human being again. i so. let him back in your is house. A time period for that? No, I mean, he's a good kid well, when you've been to prison three times for felonies. Um, you know, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like, It's fair enough. you got to prove yourself. Once today. is an
2: accident, twice is a hobby.
0: He's getting ketchup uh. packets in his <laughs> Halloween bag. <laughs> 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 now
1: he's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's made some bad choices in life and uh, hopefully he's done with that. I think he is, but uh the trust level is just gone. So. Uh so how was everyone's Halloween? Obviously, mine sucked. I did get caught up on the strain. Um oh, we've been, switch, Which like, by the
0: way, since, since we're talking strain here, real quickly. Uh the graphic novel, amazing. Have you ever read the graphic novels?
1: No, and I've i wanted to read the actual
0: novel, so um, I've read both. It's
1: based off of. heard it's really fucking scary.
0: The novels amazing. It's three. I want to say it's three books in. A yeah, s- three three books in the series. They yeah, are yeah. fantabulous. I just made that word up. They're they're really good. So I've read I, I've read all of them before I watched any of the show. And to be honest with you, the show is good. But the books are better. They well, just yeah.
1: are. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to translate a book into a show. I think the only one that's done it extremely well um, uh, in terms of a TV show is Game of Thrones. Hmm. I mean, Game of Thrones follows the book very, very closely. There's places where the pieces are mixed up in terms of timeline in the book versus the show. But it all pretty much is spelled out. Like I knew what was going to happen, you know, in the first season because I'd read the book. So,
0: well, so not to not to spoil, but for those who want to watch the strain, please don't. There is a scene in an airplane. Oh, okay. In the book, oh, it's amazing. But but you can use all those descriptions. Well, and that's early on. You'll talk see that about early. It. So so the the whole airplane scene in this show in the book is like two chapters and and totally
1: is that
2: easy. the Guillermo del Toro oh yeah story oh yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's creepy
1: so anyway I, I got to finish catching up on that uh we have a lot of shows on our DVR that we don't ever watch because don't have time I mean we get maybe an hour to watch tv a night together like usually while we're eating dinner we've got the tv on in the kitchen counter because you know by the time we're both done working for the day it's 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 pretty late so uh so we caught up on that that was good um that was my Halloween. It was very exciting. <laughs> it was pretty pretty dull. Pretty dull Halloween. Jess went to a rocking party.
3: I don't know if you call it a party. Well you I were up just, in Heber, right? I was just driving, just out, helping, driving around yeah.
1: aimlessly for no reason in Heber. Yep.
2: Cyril, looking for cool houses.
1: It's <laughs> a fucking long drive to look for houses. I
2: like driving. Aren't
0: there yeah. houses between there and
1: between don't your judge house? and I like to
2: drive. Yeah, but didn't you see her feed? They were pretty cool houses.
0: They were all right. So did you really I mean, just go to the house from house to house, or were you at <laughs> particular people's houses? Is there a real reason you were up there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why
3: can't I just drive? Why don't you just let me drive? <laughs> <laughs> I was just at Sorry, a cool house. That was it. Yeah, and that's
1: really it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. You're not very good at expanding on stories. Well, did maybe you go? I'm did sure. you get a soda up there from the soda shack?
3: No, it was late at night. No. I had chili at my friend's house up what
1: there. So you were up there at a it friend's was homemade house. Homemade chili. It wasn't just for a cool house. You were at a friend's house. It was
3: a cool house. See,
1: now your story <laughs> is getting more interesting as we <laughs> dig deeper. It's
3: not interesting. It is. Was the I have chili a lot good? of I have a lot of great stories if you dig deep.
1: Was the chili good? Yes. We're going to be interviewing Jess on today's show. That's
3: fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: About her Halloween night. About her uh,
1: Halloween No,
3: happens. it was really awesome. Wandering aimlessly
0: to random people's houses.
3: I do sometimes. So. That's a long
1: drive, though. I actually, I went to Heber last week because... I, I was th- there a
3: couple weeks ago doing some genealogy up in the cemetery. So I brought,
1: I brought up the Soda Shack because I was up there installing my software in a Soda Shack.
3: I uh, have had a drink there.
1: Can, it's like 2 hours round trip for me. It's bullshit. It's got to be longer for Jess. No. It's no, 45 because minutes Jess is, because Jess is down in Utah County. Yeah, it's, it's actually because like it's about go to 45 Provo minutes. Uh-huh. Cuz she uh, can go right up, you know, yep. the canyon there. Yeah, and it's about right
3: about 45 minutes to an hour ish. I love going to the
2: cheese factory there. Have you been to the cheese factory in Heber?
3: No, cuz I'm always there like weird times are on the weekends, so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Two in the morning, <laughs> She's there, right, you know, Monday night
1: at midnight,
2: <laughs> just going for a good lurk, uh, looking in windows.
1: <laughs> so my uh, yeah. my daughter yeah. got pulled over last night because she got lost in Cedar City, driving around looking for a place to pick up her friend. Uh, I got pulled over probably as a DUI check. That was that happened.
3: I feel like late at night, like that in small towns, they're bored too. That happened to me when I lived in New Jersey, when I moved out there for college and I had out-of-state plates, like it was like three o'clock in the morning. Driving around
1: late at night on Halloween, driving around just aimlessly, you're going to get pulled over. Like it's just, especially she's
3: in an older car. Sounds like she handled it really well though.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, she she was fine. She wasn't doing anything illegal. So, I mean, she didn't have anything to worry about, but I'm sure she was kind of pissed. She got pulled over. Uh, in Salt Lake, uh, her and her friends pulled out of a, a parking lot, uh, and didn't have their lights on, got pulled over for that and got pulled out of the car, four of them. So <laughs> she has awesome. fun experiences with cops.
2: The only time that's ever happened to me was in Layton and there was like three cops and it was because we had one of our headlights out. Three of them pull us over and they're acting like we've, you know, robbed a bank or something. <laughs> and then they come up to the window and they're like, you need to get out of the car. So we get out of the car and they're like, well, you haven't done anything wrong. I'm oh like, why did you pull me out of the car?
0: Because <laughs> they got nothing
2: else to, nothing do. to
1: do. They uh, had nothing to do. Makes me think of Super Troopers. What a great show.
0: Oh, I love that show. We've, we've watched that show a few times.
1: Yeah. yeah. They're doing, uh, you know, they, they got the funding through GoFundMe or something to do a second one. So they're filming nice. it right now. Um, those guys are great. But anyway, enough about random Halloween bullshit. Uh, unless anyone else has any fun Halloween bullshit. Um, nope. catch a packets That's what I had That's what I brought to the table <laughs> That's awesome.
2: what we need to do next year That's this, what we need to get good, This is
1: pretty good uh, You know the other thing uh, Just real quick uh Trick or treat No one fucking says it Oh I out made kids say t- it yeah, Like this of,
3: kid just stood at the door And I was like Are you not gonna trick or treat Yeah like <laughs> I'm, uh, that, <laughs> I'm that I am that person <laughs> Like good seriously I don't like
1: I don't like You know all Ten groups that I got. I had one little girl say "trick or treat" and thank you, and no one else fucking said a word. They just stood there with their little bags out, knocking each other
0: off my porch to get candy. Right, no one can see us. Our groups did pretty good. Our kids that came to ours.
2: The best were the littlest kids. They would just get so excited and trick or
0: treat. Well, and we had the fire pit going, so it attracted them like flies. That's true. Yeah, so good costumes are always good to see too. I
1: think there was there's one set of kids. They had the craziest, goriest fucking masks on that were creepy as shit. And I'm like, I know the kid underneath that's probably seven years old. <laughs> 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 that's what i <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, All right. So uh, it is post-Halloween. Um, it is pre-election. The election is in one week from tonight. Uh, if you week.
3: didn't pre-register to vote, you're screwed. Unless you're in Salt Lake County, then you can register day of at your precinct.
1: Yeah, uh, and if you have a mail-in ballot, those have to be postmarked no later than Monday the 7th, so the day before the election, which means get that shit in the mail now.
0: Well, it means it's really got to be in the mail Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, you Depen- should, Don't you should count Don't procrastinate. Uh, I mean, you can put it in Monday, but make sure if you put it in Monday that you're at a place that has a drop or a pickup after you put it in. Uh, otherwise... What the hell's going on? Jess is over she's there like singing. again. She's lip-syncing into the mic, looking right at me, just totally
0: befuddling me. For, for, for
1: it's our, working for though, our, right?
0: For our, our listening audience. You can't hear it, but we play music in the background, and that's what she's lip-syncing to. It's pretty cool.
2: It's a good station.
0: It's, uh, well, it's
2: a AC/DC, we're listening. Well,
1: yeah, we're listening to uh, some Dirty South Rock type stuff, so uh, anyway. <laughs> you know, almost every song in ACDC is about fucking...
3: I've true. got big balls, really.
1: Yeah, that's about
3: that's really oh, yeah. it is. Oh, that's oh, about yeah.
2: hypo what's it hypogonadism.
1: Yeah, swollen <laughs> balls.
2: It's <laughs> a bad day. Swollen balls.
3: Well, People it thought they liked <laughs> it's big either, balls. It's but either cancer. But it's really, a problem. Or, uh... a, I was going to say that's a
0: medical condition, and you're making fun of it.
3: <laughs> Holly started. <laughs>
0: Fuck! I offended one
1: of
3: she... our ten listeners. <laughs> she laughed first. We are or now
0: down to 9 listeners. Yeah, fuck you, guy. Actually, we
3: probably got some more listeners because of
0: that. Oh, we're up to 12.
3: <laughs> it is fun. Everyone likes big balls. When, when we talk about
1: big I balls, I cannot lie. I'm putting that down.
0: big, so big balls. balls. Oh, see. So so now we Just have like the feral pregnant cat presents itself or big balls. I'm not
1: sure which. we we got some we got some challenges ahead of us in deciding.
0: Uh, but we have,
1: yeah. uh, besides voting, we'll talk, I think, more, some election shit here in a minute. But uh, what what else is going on this week? Oh, yeah. Events.
3: events, you guys. So... The first awesome event is the fourth, fifth, and sixth down in Moab. So if you want to get out of town this weekend, the Moab but Celtic vote
0: first, but
1: vote first. Yes,
3: vote yes. first because yeah. you can't vote down there. Or, this will or be your vote reward. When you come
1: back. I mean, yes,
3: because you'll be back. Um, the Moab Celtic Festival uh, is going on to. Man.
1: And I, I gotta tell you, this is a good time of year to go down there. It's a the little bit, it's a little bit warmer than it is here, but it's it's like you know, seventies, eighty degrees. It's perfect time to be outside.
3: And what a beautiful setting to oh, yeah. have bagpipes in the back of yeah, a- absolutely gorgeous <laughs> down
1: there. Um, the <laughs> bagpipes only- in your back it's, of what?
3: It's the not only- as cool as being in a cemetery behind Edinburgh Castle hearing bagpipes, but yeah. almost as cool.
1: The only thing I'll tell you is when you go down there this time of year. Um, you really have to find the businesses that are open because a lot of the restaurants and stuff are closed this time of year already.
3: They'll have a lot of vendors. Um, it'll be run a lot like the Scottish, excuse me, Scottish festival is here in Salt Lake. So. Uh,
0: except are they going to have scotch at this Scottish?
3: I didn't ask. Yeah, I would and hope so. Moab typically know.
1: has a lot more. They vendor. have, yeah, their brewers
3: and stuff down there. So bootleg. maybe I don't know. Bootleg it in a flask. But, um. Uh, Yes, under your. T- <laughs> I don't know where you're gonna put it, but. <laughs> if anyways, um, so the Wicked Tinkers will actually be there. They're awesome. Uh, they are awesome. They're gonna do Highland Games, uh, military tattoo, um, a small one of course, and Highland dance. Another awesome event this weekend is another gun show.
1: Oh my lord! <laughs> I don't know if I'd
0: call that awesome.
1: So I know. I thought you more, would
3: appreciate me more. bringing that to the table. I bring one every weekend.
0: There was one. Th-
3: Mine's th- pretty awesome, too. I believe this. I believe uh, this.
0: There were just more fucking idiots in the
3: <laughs> <shop>. <laughs> I didn't actually even write down any more information except for another gun, show, another gun dot, show. Dot, dot, dot. That's all it says. Yeah, I don't
1: know that our listeners give much of a shit about gun shows, honestly. I don't know. I, I just I'm excited Because that means We'll have some news Of some dumbass somebody else shooting shit Probably somebody else. I'm, not I'm not sure talk If about. the
0: gun show Here, okay,
1: let me hand you A loaded gun That I cut this thing off of So that you can Fucking shoot someone
0: The gun show crowd Probably doesn't know What a podcast is No probably not <laughs> <It's> Probably not <laughs> I, I think we might be Back down to nine listeners
3: yeah. Okay, so another <laughs> event, <laughs> teetering back and forth, is uh, at Thanksgiving Point, and this is uh, called Indigenous People Day. It's on the fourth, oh. and it's a free event at the Thanksgiving Point Barn. It's, the doors open at six. There'll be some dance, uh, music. There'll be some speakers. If you've never been to an event, an event with Native American um, people, go like don't even walk just run um, it, it's it's such an amazing experience to be around that culture and um, just just experience um, everything has a purpose that they do and yeah. when you learn that it just it's so beautiful is the only word I've been going to powwows for nine years and and it never gets old
1: no it's great it's uh, the Native American culture is fantastic Uh it's interesting they're having an Indigenous Peoples Day and that's really most of the nation starting to change stupid Columbus Day to that now but that was back on October 10th. Yes. So interesting that they're doing it, you know, in November and it's its own thing, but it's well, like Thanksgiving
3: Thanksgiving's around the corner too. Yeah, okay, that's
1: Yeah, a holiday where we celebrate uh <laughs> fucking over people again. Talk about indigenous. And then just make up some other shit so that that's now a holiday. Yes. Where we fucking kill birds and eat them and stuff ourselves and watch football. And I gotta, you know, look, (laughs) I'm gonna be honest. I love Thanksgiving. It's actually my favorite holiday, uh, because there's no expectations around it. It's not super commercialized. It's eat food, get fat, hang out with people you love, uh, get drunk for me, uh, usually. Uh, because usually there's people I don't love that I have to hang out with as well. <laughs> That's uh, how you get through the family. I day.
3: love cooking all of Thanksgiving. If I could cook every piece of it, I would, but my mom doesn't let me anymore.
1: Yeah, I kind of take over a lot of that. I love um, it. But, I, you know, it is it is my favorite holiday. Um, it's one where there's not a lot of expectation, and I get to watch football, and the Dallas Cowboys always play, so... And always lose. Oh, fuck you. They do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well, there's one other cool event, and it's not for another week and a half, but I wanted to talk about it because I have a feeling that it's going to sell out really quickly. And that is a postmodern jukebox is coming yes. to the Eccles Theater on the 13th. Oh, I'm so, and so excited And if you're not familiar, that. then apparently you've never been on Facebook before in your or life. Or YouTube. Yes, um, they are a viral band that uh, does pop songs in a uh, style of uh, 1920s to 1950s jazz, ragtime. They're just so much fun, and it's really awesome that they're coming to the Eccles. And those tickets are between $35 and $150. So.
2: But I don't think there's even a bad seat in the house. And, a lot, and
3: a, when I looked today, a lot
2: were already sold, so... It's gonna be awesome. But yeah, check them out on YouTube if you're if you're curious. They are just so much fun. What is this YouTube you speak of? I know. <laughs> what is this tube of the U? I know. We'll have to post them. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm sure it'll be playing in the background as we talk later. Just see who's Oh, cool. <laughs> you just put that around. Right you make that happen. I'll just make that happen.
3: I like that you make things happen. That's <laughs> magic.
2: Oh, Do you oh, in oh it's magic.
1: So later in the podcast, we will have an interview with Jen McGrew, Jennifer McGrew, who is one of the owners of McGrew Studios.
3: And you might know them now because one of their uh, recent productions has gone completely viral. And it's that cute little Wonder Woman girl. Oh, yeah, that little
1: girl. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that is McGrew costume. Studios.
2: Oh, really? yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah and, crit, crit. Was it crit that did, crit it? did it? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep.
1: So uh, yeah, some pretty cool
3: shit. Uh, there are some really mean people on. I mean, there are really mean people on the internet. But I was reading through some of the comments on the story today, yeah. and I was like, I like, why can't people just revel in the excitement of this instead of being so freaking judgmental that this father made a, this choice for his daughter. Like just making me so mad. People are
1: assholes and they're ignorant. Like I don't know. Uh so I'm I try to stay out of social media drama because it's just fucking drama and I'm not a dramatic person. Um my daughters have enough of that for me. Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, Jay Whittaker posted something uh, <laughs> yesterday or the day before it was yesterday. yesterday. Yep. Yeah. it was from a picture from someone in a Utah. A couple here in Utah uh, at a party here in Utah, and the guy was Black complete face. blackface, uh, head to oh, toe in I saw blackface. That. Oh, gosh. And he posted it up really as a. Kind of part infuriation that it still happens, but also educational, and he posted links to a Wikipedia page about why blackface is so horrible, Uh, and I'm still blown away by the fucking idiots that commented on, well, it's just Halloween, it's just a fucking costume. It's not just a fucking costume.
3: My friend's best friend wanted to be Mel B. two years ago from Dancing with the Stars, uh at the time when she was on it and she did blackface and I posted and I was like, are you kidding me? And all of her friends were like, Oh my gosh, you look so cute. And I was like, it's, do you realize what you just did?
1: Well, <laughs> and I, it's, it's ignorance and you know, it's, it's a, a, a good place to educate people. And I, I noticed that he did educate some, but it's absolutely racist as fuck. There's, there's, Jess keeps looking like she's going to say something because she's singing under the mic. Uh, but it's it's absolutely entirely racist uh, and, and unacceptable. And, you know, if I had someone like that come to a party that I was a part of, I would ask them to leave. There's there's something to be said. And we talked to Jen actually about this uh, at length. Um, I don't know if that made the, the edited cut of her interview or not. <laughs> but, you know, if you do a podcast, uh, if you do a costume, for example, a cosplay costume for uh, the Hellboy character that she did. Oh yeah, that one was amazing. Uh, where he's in, but know, he's in a Nazi. He's in a Nazi uniform. uniform. Um, that's you know that's super controversial. I personally would never wear that. Um, it, it, to me, regardless of who the character is, that's not something I would ever want to present uh, for any reason. And blackface is the same way. Yes, it's your right as an American to do it, but you are a racist piece of shit if you do. that's all jess is not even fucking queen playing in the background she is not i am because i'm gonna have to turn the music off because she's completely tuned out the podcast
3: i'm not you were just talking about jen and hellboy yeah so anyway
1: so she's joining us uh people on facebook are assholes and uh
3: sorry i brought that up it just really bothered me this girl is three and it really bothered me that people couldn't be like Oh, she looked awesome. Instead of being like, oh, if he wanted to boost her self-esteem, maybe you should put that $1,500 toward her college fund or something. I'm like, really? Well, fuck you. He's got
1: $1,500 <laughs> that he can spend on a costume. Do I it. I think he's probably going to be fine getting her through college. So go <laughs> fuck yourself. Spend $1,500 on a costume and make her fucking feel awesome as hell right. for however long it makes her feel awesome. For the rest awesome.
3: of her life. And she gets to look back on that. and
1: Let me tell you something. I don't know a single fucking three-year-old that doesn't try to wear their even shitty-ass Halloween costume. Oh, yeah, all year long. As soon as they fucking get it until it's in shreds and you have to hide it from them. In April. And I did that <laughs> when I was like I three, awesome. four, five years old. We had those shitty vinyl costumes that would oh, fucking that melt through your area. skin. Yeah, like, the
0: mask. Oh, no. The pasta yeah, I
1: wore that. My mom would hide it. I'd find it I'd wear that shit in the middle of summer. The CFCs like, leaking through the mask. So you're telling me damage. that little girl's going to wear the shit out of that costume. I don't care if it costs 15 she $100. does. It'll make her feel awesome, and it was an awesome costume, so.
2: Good on her dad and McGrew.
1: Jen, yeah.
2: Crit. So, uh,
1: she's very interesting. Uh, she had a lot to say, uh, a lot of uh, political crap, uh, so we'll get to that later. Um, but now, let's talk our own political crap. Yay. So, the election is coming up. Um, if you didn't know, I don't know where the fuck you've been the last six months. Um, Lucky We have you. a... Uh, we have a pumpkin spice piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but, b- pum-
3: pumpkin pie
1: butt. Pumpkin spice butthole, butthole, I believe, is, is the what uh, term I used before. Yes. Um, but he's, I mean, look, the Oompa Loompa <laughs> that is running for president.
3: His tan has decreased as I mean, the fall has increased.
1: Utah does not support him. I mean, f- in terms of a major party candidate, uh, probably some of the worst support than has ever been seen. And he's in this even state. Republican. So. And he's, yeah. And, and, you know, it amazes me to hear things like, like Jason Chaffetz, who will say, I don't fucking support him, but I'm going to vote but for I'm him. But I'm going to vote for him. If you don't fucking support him, don't vote for the jackass, right? Write in fucking Donald Duck. You probably get a more well-spoken person. I've um, heard that Chuck Norris gets a few thousand. <laughs>
3: Mickey thoughts. Mouse gets the most. Yeah, and they Maybe, don't count
1: yeah. because Mickey Mouse is not officially not. registered as a write-in can- candidate. You have to be officially registered for write-ins. Yeah, for them it's, to even count. Uh, but anyway, so Utah actually has a uh, another candidate, uh, um, an independent American candidate or independent American something <laughs> American. or American. Basically Republican number two party in Utah, the same party that is – Got Dal running for governor. Uh, but don't worry,
3: you won't go to hell if you don't vote and for Evan him. Evan McMullen,
1: Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton are in pretty much a dead heat. You know, statistically, it's like 33, 33, 33 of the vote. I mean, it's legit dead heat across all three. Um, Utahans love him because he's a BYU boy, but he is a uh, homophobic piece of shit. He is a gay basher. Uh, and it sounds like Trump's campaign um, is going to be uh, – or it's not Trump's campaign. It's a super PAC, I think, that's doing it. Uh, William Johnson's the voice that will be doing it. He leads the American Freedom Party, uh, which is just a freaking PAC. Uh, And they're going to be doing robocalls, calling McMullen. Uh, um, they're going to criticize him for his stance on immigration. Uh, take aim at his sexuality, calling him a closet homosexual, which is funny because he is very anti-gay. Um, Even
3: though his mother is married is, to a yeah, woman,
1: gay with a partner, uh, married to a partner, so um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Two hundred thousand landlines—it's what that call is expected to go to.
3: I kind of so, want to just hear it. It's like hmm. so. My thought on amazing. this is:
1: um, How many of us own a landline? My parents.
5: Crickets, crickets, I, crickets.
1: I have no Jeremy raised his I've hand. I've got one, but I've got a
0: fax machine. That's why you have, oh. a landline, you have a landline. because you have a fax machine. You know you can e-fax stuff. Right? Well, I actually haven't sent a fax in probably five years, but I used to for business. <laughs> Use it quite <laughs> so, a bit.
1: You know, uh, and, and that's just it. Like, very, very few people have landlines. The ones that do are your really old people. Uh, and me. Uh, and so I, I don't know if that'll have an impact. They certainly go to the polls. They probably got their melon ballot and they're like, what the fuck is this? But they didn't say fuck. They probably went, oh, what's this granny sign? I don't know what this thing is. It <laughs> looks like a ballot, but I don't have no boot. I'm going in person. I want a sticker. Hey,
2: hey, hey now, hey now, don't knock it. Uh,
1: Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. uh, Those robocalls going out.
2: What is? I I I guess I just don't understand the real purpose behind it. And doesn't it to put money behind it and to put time and effort behind it? What?
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, You ever met a Utah County Mormon?
2: Have I? almost married one.
1: Uh, was it uh, another woman?
2: No, <laughs> no. But but he married another man. Yeah. So so I mean,
1: nice. r- really, yeah. um, you know, calling someone a closet homosexual, saying that they're gay, um, those kinds of things do resonate, unfortunately, with uh, some voters. Um, uh, in particular, you know, older. Uh, extremely religious voters that are a little bit more closed minded about that kind of stuff. So, uh, there's, there's purpose. They feel like it might actually get people out to vote. Um, you know, my hope is that, that, uh, his vote's not as strong, that people don't go to the polls because they don't like Donald and they don't like Hillary, uh, that Republicans stay home. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, if you do go to the polls though, uh, one thing that you should not do <coughs> <laughs> is wear your candidates Shit. Anything. A button, a hat. A shirt. Uh, if it's got the candidate's sign. name on it, you will be asked to leave. It is against the law. It's called electioneering.
3: And there are signs at the polling places that say it is not allowed.
1: You can't stand outside of them. You will get arrested. Uh, a gentleman down in Saratoga Springs
0: did just that last week. Or was it? it was
1: yesterday. Zoken. It was like Is, like- is it
3: illegal
0: to, to steal a slogan? Uh,
1: so the slogans are... Uh,
0: I only ask Uh, because. Probably not. He probably got the
1: okay on that. Jeremy's got a uh, picture pulled up of the uh, Reagan Bush 80s slogan. 1980, their slogan Uh, was Let's make make America America great great again. You know, if you look, there's actually been a a few (laughs) pieces done on this. Donald Trump has actually stolen. (laughs) A lot of the stuff that Donald Trump is saying, the vast majority of it, he's actually taken from that campaign uh, and the LBJ campaign.
2: What a tool. Which is very fitting considering his wife took most of her speech from Michelle Obama. <laughs> cool, right? So yeah. I see a pattern so, here. Yeah, there,
1: I mean, there really is a lot of that stuff is, has been pulled straight from those campaigns. So it's recycling it. And that's not on accident, by the way. Reagan is the love child of the Republican Party. He is my well, favorite president. And,
0: and look at what happened with Reagan. However, Trump is no Reagan.
1: No, he's not. And he's definitely not as, as charismatic yeah. or well-spoken. Um, but you He know. has the best words. So there was a guy down in Saratoga Springs. He got arrested. He was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Um, now, the hats, the, the Make America Great Again, a uh, nasty woman, I'm with her. That stuff's probably not something you should wear to the polls. Um,
3: it's a gray area, but don't don't risk it. it get it there is and a gray get your area, vote in.
1: But don't be an asshole, right? People are going to vote who they're going to vote for. Don't stand outside the polls to try and intimidate them or or get them to vote a different way. Do that every day from now until Tuesday, just not at a polling center, and tell them to vote for Misty D.K. Snow. Tell them to vote for Hillary Clinton. Tell them why, um, but don't be an asshole. And uh, don't do it on election day or at polling locations.
2: And not only was he just wearing the hat, but it was also at a bank. So and take your yeah, hats off was, when you walk and in and a that bank. Was part That's of it. what started it. You know, yeah, and,
1: and he had more than enough opportunity to comply with the pollers' requests. Right. Uh, you have request. Plenty
3: of time. Like there are lines at these places. Yeah,
1: there's three different people he engaged before they finally called Saratoga Police Department and they came to the him. Which is right him. across
3: the street from yeah. that credit union, so, by like, the way.
1: Like don't, just don't. Don't be an asshole. It's not your right to wear that to a fucking polling center. That's against the law. That's not breaking freedom of speech. You that's, know, it's that's the rules. It's just what it is. That's Def, the rules, folks. Follow Dems the rules. Uh, okay, uh, a couple other things. Um, you know, going on. Uh, I want to talk about this. It's not. This isn't just Utah. So um, Mayor Baskoopsy is doing. Um, A Native American Heritage Month for Salt Lake City. Uh, She's made November the Native American Heritage Month, which is really cool. Uh, Native American Heritage is... We have a lot here. We have the Ute Indian tribe uh, that the school has agreements with to keep that name, Utah Utes. Um, There's a lot of other tribes here in the state of Utah. Navajo, Paiute. Well, then also uh, Nevada, our neighboring Nevada, Idaho, Wyoming, all have a lot of tribes, all have a lot of tribal land. Idaho, Blackfoot. Yep. Um, so it's a big deal. Um, but part of why she did that, uh, is the Dakota Access Pipeline and the stuff that's going on down there. Um, so part of what she's doing is trying to reaffirm support for the Standing Rock protests, which I 100% agree with. Uh, and I kind of want to talk about that because
0: uh, it's getting out of control. It, it
1: is, and I know it's not a Utah thing, right? But we have some experience with with pipelines. We have some experience with the very specific reason that these Native Americans don't want a pipeline go- going through that land. So essentially the pipeline would run from North Dakota, the, the tip of North Dakota, basically the Canadian border. The north, border. northwest. Yeah, all the way down because there's a big oil deposit right there in the, uh, the northwest corner of, of North Dakota, the northeast corner of Montana and Canada. I mean, it's enormous. We're, we're talking, hundreds of I think hundreds of billions of gallons of, uh, of barrels of crude oil uh, that they think's up there uh, and the pipeline would run something like 440,000 barrels a day down and, and it's over so seven,
0: 1,700 miles long
1: yeah right. and, and yeah. goes all the way down, down, down to basically southern Illinois that's uh, but throughout uh, tribal lands which I mean come on how many times have we fuck these people over already we took our whole damn country from them. We're like, here, you can fucking have this land. Uh, now you can only have this little bit of land. You can, no, you can have, have the, have dirt, the
0: deserts. So you can
1: have the, the shittiest land, and we're going to fucking destroy everything around it anyway. And now we're trying to run a pipeline through it. So they've been protesting. A lot of famous people getting involved. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, even if we're not talking about disrupting native sacred Native sites, we're talking about an oil pipeline, notorious for rupturing, leaking, causing huge environmental problems. Yeah, we've experienced some here in Utah, yeah, right? right? Here in Utah. So we've had in the last like three years, we've had two major oil pipeline breaks, and we're not talking anything near the size of the pipelines that are going to go up up here. What what they're proposing? Yeah, the, the ones in the Salt Lake
3: are. N- are m- yeah. So small.
1: We had the one in Liberty Park. Which drained a lake and fucked up waterfowl for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a better way to put it. Uh, and then we had the
0: other one. I think it was in Mill Creek. Yeah. Uh, yes. That ruptured. Um, well, and probably the problem is that it, it's not like it ruptures and somebody jumps right out. Yeah, there. it's not like it's, it's exploding oh, and like
1: boarding hey. oil
0: like no, high into the air and like clamp it. Just shot a Take months,
1: Shh. months, and we're talking about <laughs> thousands of miles of pipeline that they're trying to run. Uh, you can't monitor all that. No. You know so. I think it's atrocious that they're even even trying to do it uh, the protest to me uh, is completely valid and turned very violent this last weekend um, and the images are just if you go out and look at some of the images that are out there they're just it looks like a war zone yeah I mean you have police and National Guard uh, at lined up point. yeah lined up with assault rifles against protesters with nothing or sticks they're Pepper spraying these the guys, tribal drums in their Yeah, I, like a, a peace pipe, you know. Um, you know they've got armored vehicles there, uh, and these guys are in you know shitty cars and trucks, and it it's just uncanny to me that the violence is breaking out because these police are so.
0: It's got. I, I know. I know. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's got to be the big oil's money. Mm-hmm. The money from big oil is. Behind trying yeah. to shut it down, trying to shut down the protests. It's just despicable. I I can't stand it. So,
2: And then you have the... I think it was just this last week, a judge made a ruling on the protest that was up in s- Oregon,
1: I want to say. Oh, yeah, when the bunch of assholes from Utah went to Oregon <laughs> yeah, and fucking took over were a all, federal building. They
2: pretty much were all acquitted, and and it was fine. And yet... Here are these other people, yeah. native people who's unarmed,
1: land, native people, unarmed. heavily armed like the asswipes in Oregon.
2: Right. And they're being peaceful about it. They're, they're trying to just be reasonable and they're having their asses handed to them.
1: Yeah. It's, it's fucking terrible. So, uh, one last thing before we go. <laughs> Uh, different subject altogether. Uh, so as we're talking about Election Day, I figured this out earlier. Next week, uh, you will only have four out of seven days to purchase liquor.
0: <laughs> because, of course,
1: the state so liquor stores are closed on Sundays. Plan accordingly. Because, you know, Sunday's God's day. God
0: you know? don't drink liquor.
1: Can't fucking have a state-run liquor store, because it's state-run, open on a Sunday, because you got to go worship God. Uh, I worship God by drinking, by the way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then, of course, Utah, you cannot buy alcohol uh, from a liquor store on Election Day. Isn't that
2: a national thing? No. Really?
1: That is state by state. uh, And it was originally put in place to keep uh, electors. From electioneering by getting people drunk and then taking them to the polls. Like in the 1800s. Uh,
0: yeah. So that is a big problem now. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it
1: is a huge <laughs> problem, especially in the uh, state of Utah. That's I'm going to go get this Mormon drunk. Now I'm going to take his ass to the poll and make him vote for who I want to vote for because this is election it fraud. It's like a lot for. of work. It's an
2: epidemic. Yeah, it's exactly. Expensive. Or,
1: hey, vote for me. I'll buy you a beer. I'll buy you now a Now that fit. makes more sense. I mean, it, it, both things, but it's not going to happen. That's not how things work. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so since that archaic law is still on the books and uh, our liquor laws suck, Tuesday's out of the question. And also, by the way, Friday, you know, (laughs) best day to buy liquor because you got the whole weekend and you might get up, might have got paid on Friday. Well, you're fucked. You got to wait till Saturday to buy liquor. uh, Because Veterans Day is Friday the 11th. So next week, um, in the you upcoming have to be events. And less than alcoholic next week. Uh, or stock up. Stock up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stock up. Uh, or enjoy your 3.2% beer because it may not be around much longer. Uh, <laughs> when awesome. is that
3: vote next week? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking
2: day every other vote is. <laughs> Why would you ask <laughs> when that vote <laughs> is? I'm just I'm just <laughs> <laughs> making sure. When is it's on vote? its own day. So, uh, we
1: are talking, we've talked about this before, but we're talking specifically <laughs> about the, uh, the Oklahoma 3.2 it's beer, be on vote. Your toes. <laughs> 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 Uh So, the state of Oklahoma, as we talked about before, actually has on their ballot uh, a vote on whether or not to uh, keep the law in place that allows them to only sell 3.2 beer in their um, grocery stores. So Oklahoma is the nation's largest consumer of 3.2 beer. Uh, they end up with over half of it, like 56%. Uh, Utah is actually at 32 or 29 29%. Uh, and then you've got Colorado, Kansas, and Minnesota kind of making up the rest of the mix. Um, the problem here is that represents such a small portion of the beer supply. Uh, 1.8% of all beer produced in this country is 3.2. And when half of that disappears, you're now looking at less than 1% of the beer being 3.2. For a company like Anheuser-Busch, they may look at that and go, fuck it. It's not worth 1% of our sales because the state will change its laws. Right? (laughs) I mean, what the... Sorry. Jess just keeps laughing at me. I am
3: she's, not laughing at you. I'm just laughing in front of you.
1: She's uh, She's been smoking meth tonight. Sorry, folks. She needs to go blow <laughs> her nose. No, she needs to go sneeze. There we go. I need to go sneeze. You need to go uh, lay down on my couch and pass out.
3: <laughs> in oh honor God. of Josh. And then the throw room.
2: up in your driveway. Uh, on your feet. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: if they do this, um, it's not going to happen right away. But it's there's a chance. Um and it's probably very realistic to assume that most of the beer manufacturers that do make 3.2, especially the smaller ones, um, are not going to do it anymore. So a lot of your smaller breweries in outlying regions, um, you know, your, your breweries where you see stuff, uh, you might, maybe you'll still get, like, Coors because they're brewed in Colorado. They have their big brewing in Colorado, and Colorado's a 3.2 state. Um, you might have... Anheuser Busch keep it, but I doubt it.
0: Well, and I, I, I guess the thing to point out that doesn't mean you can't get it. It's just you have to buy it in liquor stores. Yeah, you have to buy it. You'll have to buy it in liquor stores and so
1: pay by the bottle,
3: not at the but gas station th- at yeah, the corner. The
4: liquor
1: in store Springs. doesn't carry Budweiser. What the liquor you? store doesn't carry Coors because they're mass produced at three point two, and they don't see a point in buying them at a higher percentage. Uh, but they're only mass produced at three point two for those. Five states that I mentioned, and if half of that volume goes away, because uh, apparently Oklahomans are way bigger beer drinkers <laughs> than the rest of us, um, all of us put together. So I, so DABC, really the, the state liquor uh, legislation will have to change uh, to accommodate for that. That's a that's actually a big hit on the economy if they pull out that three point two. I mean, there's a lot of beer sales, and those beer sales generate a lot of tax revenue. That's a big hit. It's also a big burden on Liquor stores to carry that much more beer. They already—if you go into a liquor store—they don't have room for all their stock. There's it's very little room sh- for beer. The, it's yeah, I mean, it's, the, it, the cases are stacked in the
0: aisles, and there's not enough room to well, take over you know, the rest of that. beer. Besides just that, you have to look at how's that going to affect games, like going to a real game.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they—you know—if they're not producing 3.2, they can't keg 3.2 beer. Uh, so you'll still have local brews probably won't have any of the bigger national brews because yeah. they can't sell, you know, non-three. And right now that's what's there, isn't it? The- that's cuz they're the sponsors. Yeah. You got you've got Budweiser is yeah. the is the primary and so you have all the different brands um, but uh, and then you have a few local brews that right.
0: they, they have but so all the sporting events. So I mean it's more than just the the, the weekend beer drinker. It's going to affect a lot. Yeah, well, and grocery store beer is not just a weekend thing. I mean, a lot of
1: people buy their beer from gas stations and grocery stores throughout the week. Buy a six pack and mm-hmm. or a 12 pack and drink it in a day. And <laughs> not me. My <laughs>
3: uncle. Yeah. I mean, there
1: are pe- there's a lot of people that do that, especially, you know, when you get into a lot of the road work and stuff. Those guys, after work, buy a case of beer and split it, you know, yeah. between four or five guys. And that's not uncommon, you know, all over the place. So. Uh, it's something like Utah's definitely gonna have to look at. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's, it's gonna change in Oklahoma, and if that does, that, that's probably gonna change some, some pretty significant Which, stuff.
0: Going back to the election and voting, we, we need to get people who are going to be looking out for our best interest and change the laws here in Utah. Yeah. Which
1: means get out and vote, because, uh, You know, especially if you're a Democrat in the state of Utah, uh, you have the power to influence elections. You have the power to vote Democratic candidates into state house races. I mean, there are ones, you know, if you listen to Misty K. Snow uh, on our Snowstorm uh, podcast, uh, there are seats that were decided by several seats that were decided by less than 50 votes, less than 100 votes. But if you think that is just
3: mind blowing, if you think about it. Like, I could
1: find 50 people in a two block radius of my house, but if I could get them to go vote, that, would have, made the that would have made the difference. So get out and vote. Uh,
3: and uh, don't you know, be complacent. Just don't, don't just stop.
5: My name is Jennifer McGrew, and I am the co-owner of McGrew Studios. If I were Spike Lee, I would say we are a production design joint. <laughs> but because I'm a white woman in America, I'm gonna say that we're a small artisan driven artisan owned american business and our business is that we design sets props miniatures special effects custom costumes and event management and spearheading for businesses for corporations for television for film for a lot of public media Wait, for did a you lot say of sex things. i wish I, no. Sadly. Oh, yeah. sets. Sadly, sets. no. Oh. Yeah, sets. S-E-T-S. Sets, props, we, we hear what effects. we want to hear. So. <laughs> also, VFX. So, some of the people in our cartel, our direct cartel that are actually here at the convention, include me. I'm over the costume division. So, by day, I'm a very humble drape, humble cutter draper pattern maker. I've been making costumes for over 40 years and, um, doing that. So how is that
0: possible? Cause you
4: look like 38.
0: You're, and,
5: and, and, you're, also my, new, you're <laughs> my new, you're my new, you're my new best friend. We're going to have a chat afterwards and probably another shot. Do, where, where's your
4: candle maker? I mean, you've you, got the butcher, the baker. Where's the candle maker? Oh, know. they've got it. Keep going. I got,
5: I got lucky jeans or something, maybe. <laughs> or I got the tiger makeup on today. Um, anyway, other people in our cartel that you may have bumped into or interviewed include over there Russ Adams at his booth. He is a genius, craftsman, prosthetic, makeup guy, animatronics guy. We have Crit Killen. He was in a panel discussion yesterday with Russ. Crit is a longtime veteran of Hollywood things, just like Raven is. And they kind of worked kind of at the same time in L.A.
0: He was the Beetlejuice guy. We
5: also have Robert Hershey, who was right over there across the way, was my official cosplay photographer. Oh, yeah, we saw him. He's a brilliant VFX guy, so that, you know, when they do digital effects and movie and media and things, so he's that guy, plus web guru, plus code guy, plus all that stuff. And we have a other assorted people, but that's the core group of us. And together, we are trying to make a business and keep alive and make money in this really weird economy that's... <laughs> If I could use earlier terms, capricious and arbitrary <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of economically driven and um what one of the things that Raven suggested that I talked to you guys about he goes, you should really give him your theories about the like doing cosplay without cynicism so one thing
4: you touched on and and yes, we want to get to um, that conversation point, but One thing you mentioned just now is how many hats each person wears. Mm -hmm. I did not hear a single part of your cadre that is a specialist in one field only. Everyone wears multiple hats. Do you think that this environment has changed to the point where specialization is out and the jack-of-all-trades master of none is in? What What are your thoughts on that?
5: One of my best favorite quotes, it's Isaac Asimov from The Notebooks of Lazarus Long specialization is for insects and he goes into a long litany of um, things that every human should know how to do. And so, yes, I can, like I'm a costume designer. I cut with scissors all day. I make patterns. I drape, I pattern, I make things for people to wear. Yes, I can cut with a skill saw. Am I good at it? Not so much. I kind of stick with where my skills are and what I've been working on for over 40 years to develop. And, could Raven make a costume? Could Robert make a costume? He has, and he does. Yes, it's true. But I think where we're, our strengths are as, a, as an organization is we we kind of like leverage our abilities to get the job done, whatever it is. And even if that meant that um, Robert had to make a costume, he would do it. If Raven had to make a costume, he would do it. If I had to build, design, and build a set, yeah, I could do it. I might not enjoy it as much, and it would take me longer. Because I'm not I don't have the shorthand carrying the numbers in my head kind of right thing. Yeah, but I could do it. So wait, wait, wait. We almost glossed past a
4: very important point. And, <laughs> and I am here with the stop sign of reason to glo- to stop the glossing past. You're an Asimov fan?
5: Always have been, always will.
4: What's your favorite Asimovs? Asimov. Um,
5: I don't really know, but um well one of my favorite Heinlein books if I can talk about that is um, Starship Troopers (laughs) and I could go well I have I have discourses on that that inform the way I think about things even though I've never served in the military I've never put my well-being or my life at risk for the good of everyone but but there's some very interesting ideas being put forward in that book which if I were an ideal American um, I would if I were a political person and in, in running for office, I might even put forward as a platform. But nothing in Asimov makes me feel that way as much as Heinlein. You know, and, that, and that's really old school sci-fi.
4: It really is. But old school is the foundation of current... I mean, all, all this current sci-fi was based on those great, you know, trailblazers. Um, but since you asked, <laughs> Foundation. The Foundation series by Asimov is my favorite. It's really good.
5: I like them too, although it's been a while, so I probably won't be so cogent to talk about it.
4: We won't talk about it because what it I, would bore other what people. I, what
5: I could talk about for a second is, why am I even at this convention kicking and screaming? I was a little gun-shy having run the cosplay competition for Comic-Con twice when uh, the lovely Ryan Butterfield approached me earlier, a month or so ago, about running a cosplay competition for... The um, Halloween, Utah Halloween Expo. I was on the fence. show. I was on the fence for a little bit. Maybe that's how you, that's probably your connect too to this convention. Yes. Um, what you have to, rec- and this is kind of my argument, what you have to recognize is the force of cosplay in the world and why it's going to make or break your convention. The fact that people, like even today, I have uh, tiger makeup on my face. It's a Sunday. I don't have to work. There's a human urge. It's a baser instinct, as you will, about needing to perform or dress up as another character or another thing. And so what cosplay is the way that our um, our competition ran it. My professional judges and my two professional staff, that competition is honoring and awarding the ingenuity of people making really incredible things out of. Nothing. Everyday materials, even if they're household materials, even if they're cardboard. And so, one of the things that's been interesting to me lately to think about is my cynicism about cosplay, and about also how much I champion it. And so, I have a kind of a interesting paradoxical couple of voices in my head. (laughs) Kind of dichotomy. Yeah, a little bit. And um, it's fascinating and it's um it's something that's not going to go away which is great and why so why would i say this you guys know how to change a tire on your own car absolutely do you know how to change the oil on your own car yeah absolutely absolutely. okay so what we would call that in a loose way is the democratization of technology you don't have to go to the Jiffy Lube necessarily if something goes, happens with your car. You have the ability and this, the sensibility to go in and analytically kind of look at things and, and fix it. So cosplay is largely championing that ability too, especially the way we run this competition, which awards craftsmanship awards. How good are you at making things with your hands? How good is your skill level? Not necessarily. So this competition was not about performance necessarily how good of a spider-man can you be or a wicked witch it was more about the craftsmanship and so the cynicism part that um, I was kind of encouraged to talk to you guys about is this so I come from a I'm I'm detoxing I'm a reformed academic and I used to be a college professor and so when you go to college what does that do to a person it it colonizes your brain it tells you the kind of music that you should like. It tells you the kind of politics that you should be involved in or champion. It tells you the, it tells you what your tastes are and things like that. And so for years, for me, I have two master's degrees. And so for years and years for me, in in what, and what? um, One of them is a master of fine arts in costume design and theater. Another one is a master of arts in performance studies, which is kind of a, like a philosophy degree in a way. And, and to come, to be a discarded academic in a, in a crashing culture economically that put a lot of people on the roadside, like me, I went back to working full time as a costume designer. So what this meant for me is that I wasn't going to spend a lot of time designing Molière and Shakespeare and ballet. I was going to do things like pageants and wrestling (laughs) and cosplay and so it it creates a situation for a person like me where you kind of have to set aside those inborn those enculturated prejudices that the academic system puts in your head having done both Mm -hmm. if
4: you could do Moliere or shakespeare or wwe i mean have you have you learned to love those or if you Mm -hmm. could would you go back in a heartbeat to shakespeare
5: there is that temptation that if a, like if a job came down the line that was, this is the American dream, right? Where you have the job, the steady salary, you've got the retirement, the 401k, the health insurance. If something came down the line like that, it would be pretty appealing. But what's also really been interesting about this life of gigging in the commercial and corporate and cosplay and convention world is that the sky's the limit. Some days I make $10,000 a day and some days I make nothing. It has been a very interesting test of my skill set and it makes me want to reflect on the dearth of education in the college system I came up in which required absolutely zero uh, accounting courses. So if you were an arts and humanities major or you're going to be a theater major or an art major, and in my case I was an English major and an anthropology major before I went to um, grad school, I can never, they never required a business class.
1: Even, even now, you know, I experienced even with like physicians, for example. So they go to school, you know, specialists for for 12 years, they're not required to take a single business class and these guys get out and everyone thinks doctors are rich. Most doctors have no idea how to handle their own money.
5: That's right. And to be a really interesting celebrity doctor and in some, we have dentists who are our clients. In fact, they're. There is a new kind of a trend, if I can talk about this, of people having to brand themselves, even the most mundane things that you wouldn't even consider brandable, like dentists and doctors needing to have sort of performative um, costumes, if you will, or uniforms. They need to be able to differentiate themselves from the herd. And so our job is to make them look really great and to make them have a brand that stands out. And um, it could be a symbol like what you're talking about of education just in general not really keeping up with the necessity of what's required in a gig economy of people that are maybe like, like you guys work your day jobs. You do this kind of on the side. Hopefully you're making money at it. And if your jobs fell out completely underneath you and you had to figure out Overnight, how to make this be a viable thing for you, That so that was your only income stream, it would be interesting to watch how you assemble and scrabble and figure out how to monetize what you're doing. So as a white woman in America, a person who has always made things and sewn stuff since I was about nine years old, to be able to, to do this now as a living, um, I'm sometimes a whore, I do things for money <laughs> that I don't necessarily. Well, care I'm about. always a whore, right? It, I don't necessarily care about.
1: As as someone who you yeah. know owns his own business, Jeremy's the same way. Jeremy, as I yeah, right, am. right. We we, we 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 both do it. Yeah. You What's do. The, you have
5: remind to me what the out. business is. So I
0: own a small architectural firm.
5: That's right. You're the architect, so, so you know how this is. So when I started it's a, out, it's a, it's a gig economy. You have to muster the interest in you. And As you, an artist you and you in your you work. Like mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And agree with what the client is saying. And when I started out almost 10 years ago, and all I wanted to do was new, it was new custom designs. I didn't want to do remodels. I didn't right. want to do all that. But in 2008, when the economy killed all of right. us, uh, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. At that time, I would have designed a doghouse if it paid. Mm-hmm. But, but exactly, you have to take on. Things that you don't like that aesthetically are a disaster?
5: So in evolutionary biology, there's a term for that, and it's called punctuated equilibrium. The, the species and the individuals that are going to survive are the ones that can adapt the most quickly to a changing circumstance. Exactly. And that, do, that definitely sounds like you. It kind of sounds like me as well, because I found out rather suddenly that I, I'm an at-will, I was an at-will professor, meaning my contract would be renewed yearly. I loved it. It let me do everything I wanted. I had my own business, but I also got to teach a couple days a week. I got to see my parents who were aging and living north of here. And when that suddenly fell away, I had to kind of like really reinvent the way that I was going to do things. And fortunately, I have my compatriot, Raven Wolfson, who is largely the loquacious, outspoken, outgoing (laughs) person. Me, it probably, you know, it took a couple of shots. It took me, it took you guys inviting me into your booth with a beer (laughs) and lured me with a couple of shots in order to kind of talk about this. And it's, um, maybe it's an interesting thing to say about a lot of artists who are kind of a little reticent. They're a little introverted. In a lot of ways, I'd much rather just be alone with my materials and not have to talk to the public. But on other levels, I really love meeting people and things, but they're... If you don't have that balance, it's really tricky. And as Raven puts out, I don't maybe he said this in his interview with you guys a few weeks a week or so ago. You don't sell art; you sell artists. So the idea is that you're marketing yourself. The yeah, you're marketing the personality. And you've seen him running around this convention and he's the master of ceremonies and the great, you know, the look, the great looking outfit. We've been been teasing him. He's got the Britney Spears microphone strapped on his head. Right.
0: (laughs) He looks damn
5: sexy. He looks really good. Right. He's a he's a character. (laughs) There was a conversation we had outside about sales, the psychology Uh. of sales. You're in sales. You have a kind of a day thing, but then you're also in real estate. And our conversation had something to do with when you're with a client, it's all about their
4: wishes, their
5: needs, their and, reality, right. their what they have in mind and Westworld and the Wayland Corporation. And remember all those things all oh, wrap, yeah. wrapped and into that
4: conversation where we finally left off when Jeremy came out and said, by the way, you've been out here for an hour. And I went,
5: what? Huh?
4: What? It's true. So <laughs> when you're, when you're a real estate agent, when you're with a client, they generally do not want to know who you really are. What they want is they want their needs serviced by someone who can communicate it in a way that is familiar to them. And so, being a social chame- chameleon or a um, you know a chameleon in that regard means identifying their needs and their communication style, and then foregoing everything that you personally stand for, believe, and communicate. <laughs> And doing it in that way.
5: Exactly. So the conversation, as I recall, where we were picking up from, has a lot to do with being a whore. Yes. You, as a cult, it's like being a call girl, as I understand it. You have to be in tune with the customers, what they want, what their needs are, what their fantasies are, and you kind of play into that. And so in my realm, whether or not, We want to make the effect or the set or the prop or the costume that is in their, in their mind's eye. I'm a parent pleasing yuppie as a white woman in America. That's kind of my, that's my default position. I have to make a living. I have to make money and I will play, I will play into their, it's all about them. You're in sales. You know this. Your needs are set aside, and it's about what the customer wants.
4: Absolutely. 100%. So,
5: if they want to be Iron Man, if they want to be Captain America, if they want to be Xena, Warrior, Princess, that's it's, your, all, it's, that's all, your job. it's all about them. So, so um, to steer this <laughs> conversation back, back. into, into a, an area about libertarian issues and self-expression, <laughs> cosplay... And this is interesting. We're at a convention. It's all about cosplay, people expressing themselves in various costumes and makeup and different things. It's a permissible space where anything goes. So the closest thing that I can see to anything that has anything to do with national socialism are, you know, the guys that are walking around with the Raccoon Corporation. uh, The Umbrella Corporation. Yeah, the Umbrella Corporation SWAT gear. Yes. Yes that might be the closest thing and nobody's afraid because they kind of they kind of get that it's from a movie they recognize its origin they're not necessarily afraid you know if shit were to go down in a convention like this and like say somebody actually ran in with guns and started to shoot and people were fleeing and screaming everybody would be confused nobody would know what it was Let's say it was one of the scary clowns that's been in the news lately, right? The news media is full of clowns. What if it's a scary clown that runs it? Nobody would know what to actually make of this. It would take a long time to kind of parse it out, get to the bottom of it. The the police investigators, the detectives, the media would have a really hard time figuring out what the fuck is going <laughs> on here. Yeah, right?
4: but you know, you talk about the Umbrella Corporation as the darkest element that people have chose to associate with and build their costumes around. But when you think about every comic book and every movie and every, uh, every fictional event book or whatever, there's a protagonist, there's an antagonist, mm-hmm. and almost always the antagonist is super evil mm-hmm. and whatever else. How many of, how many Severus Snapes do you see? How many Voldemorts do you see? How many mm-hmm. evil creatures do you see? Everyone here is a hero.
5: Every successful narrative needs to have their protagonists and their antagonists. Their heroes and their anti-heroes are their villains. Why are there not more antagonists here? Um I think that's interesting that you would bring that up in light of the fact that I just recently, very recently saw, um, I got to see Deadpool. It's on cable now. Oh, yeah. I got to see this. This movie is touted as a major... I don't know if it's an advance in the comic book uh, genre. It's or rated R. R. That's right. the biggest thing. And I was talking with Robert about this, and his it was really funny. His comments were like, Spider-Man's way better. And I was like, why? And he goes, well, this guy's just basically a stand-up comic. And I, th- I thought about it for a minute, and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. That um, Deadpool, yeah, the shtick is basically being a smart ass, being like you guys right <laughs> in your, in your podcasting industry, cracking jokes, finding the irreverent in everything. And Spider-Man is the iconic guy that singularly stands for good against evil. Okay. but Deadpool doesn't. He's more ambivalent as a character. So he is it's interesting, but hold, hold on. I'm, I'm going to, I'm throwing up the,
4: the classic pause or, or whatever else. Um, Spider-Man is actually the original jokester. He takes life very seriously. He's the most lighthearted. You know, he joke cracks the jokes. He's the one that always, whenever a bad guy does something, he responds with a quick, a quick and witty retort. That is not the biggest distinction between those two characters.
5: So obviously, you know a lot more about the genre <laughs> and the history of this comic than I do. Because honestly, I'm kind of a newcomer to all of these new um, these new things comic. Comic uh, genres, cosplay, superheroes. I do what the public wants us to do. Right, right. If, they, if they want to dress like that, we build it for them.
4: But Deadpool, I mean, and, and it's kind of irrelevant, but I'm going to mention it anyway because I love the sound of my own voice. But <laughs> Dead, Deadpool is legitimately, you, you mentioned kind of ambivalent. I think he's morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he is really a mercenary, and and the distinction isn't the distinction isn't one's a Joker, one is a Joker, one is Andrew Dice Clay, mm-hmm. and one is Bill Cosby before he did <laughs> the bad things he does. <laughs> so before he that, got caught, you mean? To be
5: honest, you mentioned Deadpool, and I when I was watching it, I kind of identified with that character when you're caught you should in the middle of sort of like what do you maybe the best word to call it is a culture war you're going to go where the money is where is the opportunity where's the opportunity to put your name out there your brand out there to make a buck or two and to perpetuate your future so that you have a next month in your fiscal data sheet right Jessica's nodding <laughs> you know exactly what i mean by this and um Maybe that's an essay that somebody needs to write in the public forum about Deadpool as the ambivalent character who's kind of um he's on call from any any force that could make use of him. What would be interesting to see is a, like a sequel. Maybe you know how in uh, the Deadpool movie that the uh, the X-Men were trying to get him on their side like you got to become an X-Man. You gotta become an X Man. And uh he was very resistant to that. Well, he's a mercenary. He has skills, he could go wherever he's needed. Who will he choose to work for? Will he choose to work for the Utah Halloween Expo? Will he choose yes. to work for FearCon? Will he choose to work for Solid Comic Con? Where will he put his skills to use? And does it depend on how much people ply him with liquor? And women and and flattery, or will it depend on where his um, real uh, ethical ideals and morals lie?
0: I think it should go with the A team. That's my opinion.
5: The A team. So, because sure. they're not
0: doing it for the money.
5: Okay, I know we're
4: not really <laughs> dipping too deeply into the comic book waters, but the the thing about Deadpool is <laughs>
5: I can't believe we're talking about this. This is so surreal. You know this, but right? Does, doesn't it feel right? good? It it's does. Just... It really feels great. So Deadpool, it. at a
4: glance, is this morally corrupt, um, do anything for a dollar guy. But when it comes right down to it, and it's deep, and he hides behind this really crass vernacular, and he's, he's just kind of an asshole. But he does the, at the end of the day, he does the right thing. He may not do it the right way, but he does the right thing. And so there's actually, I mean, Everyone buys into the the whole reason Deadpool was successful is it's the first R rated. If anyone were to do an R rated, um however,
0: time. it's not the first. Sorry to throw that out it's there.
4: The successful successful well, it's the first
0: successful successful R rated comic book.
4: Well, it's the first successful R rated comic book movie with big named actors. Yeah, and Swamp Thing came out, and no one gives a rat's. Ass. <laughs> but it was rated R. It was and awful. it was a Marvel. No, no, Swamp Thing is actually DC. Oh, DC. Which is another distinction: Marvel versus DC, and wow! So Come we're on. going down
0: roads and and yeah, this gems. is probably not super I'm,
5: interesting. I'm lost, but in What I really want to say is Marina Bocarin. Bacar- Bacar- yeah, she is a bombshell. And so when I when I came away from that movie and I watched it on cable at my house, I came away from it thinking. God damn it. That guy should have just owned up to his woman right at the beginning when he was transformed and just said, baby, this is what I look like now. I'm deformed. I'm a mutant. If you still love me, tell me. If you don't, that's whatever. But he, he, he postponed that. I don't know how much of a time span went on. Too long. Yeah, too long. it was, it was too long. And, um, maybe it's that kind of male, It is. Narrative of insecurity and wondering if your woman still loves you or still wants you. That is the recurring siren song of the entire male culture. Maybe that was the thing that kind of... The movie had a lot of levels for me. And maybe that was one of the ones that I related to a lot in life. Because in relationships, you often wonder, how do couples relate to one another, right? How do men relate to women? Do people always feel like they're presenting the persona that is really them or it's it's someone else. Would you really love me if, if you knew I was really this person? On the one hand, it's a little admirable that the guy wants to be the stalwart hiding away, hiding his transformed true identity away from the woman he loves. But on the other hand, it's like, dude, why don't you just show yourself?
3: Right. People think that they're not worthy when they really are. Somebody out there can mm-hmm. actually like care about you.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, for me, why are you making that decision for another person? Mm-hmm. What you're basically saying is, I know how this person's going to react, so I'm not going to give them the opportunity to react, so you're robbing them the ability of, of choice.
5: I loved how they wrote it, though. I think in her dialogue, they wrote it so she goes something like, well, with a few minutes and a few drinks, I could probably, you know, I'll love you just the way I always did. It was something like that, and... um
3: but it was them it was their relationship that yeah. was their
5: conversation right and so it's sweet and it strikes the heart of everyone who's been in a relationship they know it's long term and they love somebody warts and all i love that so that part kind of appealed to me as uh you know the woman i am it deals with wow you got spiderwebs on you well
4: <laughs> i don't like to brag but did you did you watch uh Marita Bac- in uh Firefly, as well.
5: I did, and I also saw her in the, um, mm, uh, the series about American terrorism. You know what it I I'm love talking that about. that show, Homeland. Yes. She's so good. Yes. And she's just, I think that's why I'm sort of um, tongue tied. She's so beautiful. I see her, and I just, like, I feel like a dude. I just melt. <laughs> I don't know what to say. She's just so. Gorgeous, and um, I can't remember her name. She's just an iconic image in my in my brain. It was an interesting choice of casting, I thought, for Deadpool. Yeah, she's beautiful. Like,
4: do, do you think that being beautiful transcends sexuality? Like, I, I say this because when I see a really handsome guy, like our good friend Raven, that just walked by, I thought that is a ha- <laughs> that's a handsome guy, but. I don't mean that as in, I want to put it in his butt. I mean it as in, like, that's a handsome devil. If I were a woman, I'm sure I would be attracted to him.
5: This is is a person who knows how to perform publicly, to to do the grooming and the presentation that looks right for the context and the venue that you're in, right? Maybe I look kind of that way because of my tiger makeup that I have. My face painted is, you know, great today. Other days you would look. You wouldn't even look twice at me. I'm one of those potato women. I'm middle aged. Potato, huh? Right. I look kind of brown. I'm kind of like blase. It's kind of hard to know. Um,
4: so I can So many eyes. So wait,
5: wait. The question was about Mar- Marina. Yes. In that role. Well, kind of in that theory of, of classic Hollywood icons when we see them still and large, 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 large on that big screen. She is so arresting. One of the theories that I really like lately is that our millennials, our new generation, all of us on our um, cell phones and our tablets, we're really, we're, we're missing out on that experience of seeing those beautiful, beautiful people on the big, big screen. Right. And in some ways, it kind of is arresting our development. In some ways, maybe it's not. I don't know where I really stand on this because I'm kind of a stranger to social media. I don't really know where I fit in exactly, but she's gorgeous, Marina, and I'd do her totally would. <laughs> so she does transcend sexuality. She's beautiful. She's just she's she has a luminescence. There's that it. You know how they used to talk about it in Hollywood that it's quality of factor. a mm-hmm, of an it of an it person. She has that magnetism, that 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 illuminated sparkle. Not everybody has that. Not everybody's going to be photogenic. Some of the most beautiful people you've met don't look that great on film or on Instagram. Isn't that weird? It is, but it's also true. Some people really do. So, so I thought, what about Deadpool? Deadpool. (laughs) Interesting. My, my man thought, yeah, interesting. He's a stand-up comedian, but I really like Spider-Man more. And I think it's because you can, uh, Compartmentalize Spider Man more in a in a category of like, you know, you know that old adage that uncle says, with great you know with great, great power. power comes great responsibility. And that's something that the public can really cling to because it's memorable. It's like a JFK speech. It's something you can get behind. So in the like, where you, where were we going in the first place with the business of making costumes for the public and for the entertainment business, for commercials, for conventions, for all this? We kind of go where the public wants. Like, so as an artist, I have to tell you, it's been a thousand years since I thought up anything original of my own and just did it. It's been a very long time. And mostly it's because we're hamsters on the wheel. We're just making a living. We're, we're creating enough income to pay the bills and things right. like that. Artists, I think, take in the whole culture. They absorb everything and then they spit out something new and say, look at what I have created. In some cases, when our clients hire us, whether it's a mascot or a commercial or a film or a cosplayer, our job is to replicate the known iconic entity. And we do a very good job of that. Right. If, if you want a, a Hollywood quality costume, we can do that.
0: I, I like your America first visa guy. Oh,
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was, and to be honest, like I love the creative force behind that because that was their idea. They, they pretty much storyboarded out the commercial and, they knew what pictures were going to be um, needed on those Visa card costumes. The, and the lady they,
0: with the dog—that one is my favorite. That it's, is so funny.
5: It's wonderful, and I'm I'm sort of sad that didn't get more play. And thank you for thank you for like <laughs> going into that the depth the depths <laughs> of the archives to notice that. A lot of our work is really dependent on what does the customer want, and sometimes we're there to kind of steer them, or sometimes curtail their bad impetus to do something that would totally go off the rails, but in the most cases, we're there to be the craftsmen that create what they want. So, I guess in general, what I'm interested in is what, uh, culturally, what what's next? What's yeah. next for all well, of Well, that us? would be my question. What do we want?
0: That would be my question. What do
5: we want to see? What do we want to do?
0: Two part. One, where do you see it going? You personally, where do you see it going? And two, where do you see the public taking it? Because like you said... At the end of the day you have to pay the bills. And it isn't about necessarily what you want or what you think, it's what your client wants. It's what your client thinks.
5: So in my heart of hearts I would probably be writing a novel. But I would never share it with anyone until it's kind of ready to go out there. It would it would almost be like a kind of a postmodern memoir. It would be part novel, it would be part exposition, it would be part fiction, it would be a lot of things. But there's no market for that. And you and I talked about this in the, the genre of children's literature. It's tricky. I don't know who the fuck wants to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> Where do I think the, the trends are going in culture? I think we're going to see, for a while yet, we're going to see more of the same. Monkey see, monkey do. The next superhero that comes out. The next horror character. Well, every, everybody wants to emu- oh, sorry, emulate that.
0: The thing is, that you don't know what you like. You like what you know.
5: Um, I like, at this age, I like that I have a roof over my head and a hot shower and a safe place to rest at night. When I was much younger, in my in my 20s, I used to have big ideas, like all 20-somethings do. They thought they know everything. They know how to fix all the political problems of the world. They know what to do to, to solve everything. Right now... Um, I think that the reason most people aren't really politically as active as they could be is they're too busy making a living, right? Maybe that applies to you guys too. Maybe in some ways what you're doing is kind of um, a catalyst for people to think about things differently. How would you vote differently? How would you rethink what you're thinking now and do it differently i don't I don't really know. I have a feeling that a lot of our behavior is determined. We're culturally constructed by who we grow up with, what we watch and see, and what we know. And some of it we think about. A lot of it we're automatons. I'm a hamster on a wheel. I do what I need to do to pay the bills. If somebody comes and they want a Captain America costume, I make it. I do do a damn good job. It's really (laughs) amazing. My craftsmanship, I'm really proud of it at this point. But I don't know. What do I want to do as an artist? I don't know. I don't really have a statement to make other than, like, maybe the older you get, the less you know, the less you're sure of anything, less you're able to take a firm political stance on anything. And I know how you guys always start out, in a way, in that roundabout way with the talk about contemporary discussions, politics, what's going on in the news, and it kind of starts there and it goes elsewhere. I don't even have a clue. Most Americans are not inv- they're like Mark Twain said a long time ago, if our vote actually count out, actually counted for something, they wouldn't include us in the process. It was some something paraphrased like that. I think that's pretty wise. We're kind of irrelevant in a way. So what we kind of do is a day by day artistic uh, making by to get by. Hey Jessica, yes, you're in makeup today. I am. Tell me what you think about the cosplay phenomenon cuz that my job here at this convention has been to run the cosplay competition which i don't know how you do because
3: it's so, so amazing the effort that people put into their ideas and getting there i i cosplay every comic con mm-hmm. and having the tools and the ability and just some of the stuff that the people in our community i haven't seen any anywhere else but that they come up with is just mind blowing. And it's so astounding that they're willing to put that commitment into something that they're so, so passionate about because people just aren't passionate about anything anymore. And so it's really cool to see that.
5: It's interesting. You would say that I see people passionate all day long on Facebook, but you can tell what people are really interested in because of the amount of time they spend doing it. And because we know how much time and how many hours it takes to make a costume. We know this is true. Yeah. So what you're saying is like it's it's dead on. Dead on. Um but yet you're being the kind of reticent uh, business manager of the podcasting group. It's kind of a pat answer. Give me more. No,
3: that no, that's really how I feel because I have I've I've cosplayed I think almost every Comic-Con. Not I don't do it for Fanex. And I have a cousin that puts his his all into he's done the Mandalorian armor and I, and I see what people are building and the money that goes into mm-hmm. it and and I just hope that the the people that that are um, that are regular patrons, I hate to use the term regular patrons because we're all regular patrons, would take the time to go up and compliment someone and say, "Hey, I like your armor mm-hmm. or hey." You know, I like your your makeup or something because people are so afraid to compliment. And, and they have worked really, really hard on it. And,
5: you know, that's just. I like, I I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm totally with you. As a builder and maker, yeah. like 40 some years in building and making costumes. Like my job is to now be that person who's supportive of other people doing it because there's yeah. no way to not be what used to be kind of an arcane elitist kind of a And I and I still a, a feel that it kind of that me. it
3: kind of that there is a bit of with as much as the geek community says that everyone's welcome, I still feel it's a little bit that the geek community is turning into a el- elitist a little bit as far as cosplay is mm-hmm. concerned. And that's why I I'm grateful for for panels that talk about It's okay to wear whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Just own it. Yeah. You know, I because there are a lot of people that are afraid. I'm, you know, I'm not a a skinny mini by by any means, but I'm not going to be afraid to, you know, pull a Myrtle Snow from American Horror Story. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, obviously there are things I wouldn't be comfortable doing, but... You know, and to people people that feel that cosplay has to be very generic, a Star Wars or a, a comic book character, I'm known for picking things that are very obscure, mm-hmm. and so that the people that will get it will get it, and that's all that matters to me. If one person is like, "Yep, we know then who I'm you like, are," okay. mm-hmm. like that was worth. You know, hours and money, and and getting up at you know four o'clock in the morning before a convention to, to get I think, ready.
5: I think for me, that's where I got the most thrill too. Was in back and forth. I'm running around all this convention, but finding those contestants who are cosplaying somebody who's a character who's kind of obscure. Mm-hmm. They're not in the mainstream, and I go, "Yes, you totally like you're you're kind of channeling and doing that thing that." Even if it's a red herring, even if nobody else understands, you know what it means and devil may care and who cares what anyone else thinks. I Definitely. really like I like that. I like that about cosplayers. Um I and like what you were saying earlier, I don't think this could have existed ten years ago. We're in a different landscape now. You want you wanna let me make a final plug? Yes,
0: please. Final okay. statement.
5: This is Jen from McGrew Studios. We are Utah's premier Custom Costume and Wardrobe Company, also specializing in sets, that is S-E-T-S, Josh. not not sex, Ow. props, miniatures, special effects, and of course, the custom costumes. And we're mercenaries. We love to work for the public. I've really enjoyed over the years working for a lot of segments of the population I never thought I would work for, including professional wrestlers and beauty queens and cosplayers instead of just, you know, like academic theater and opera and ballet. And it's been wonderful. And you guys are a breath of fresh air. You're the best thing I ever needed on a Sunday, but I never (laughs) knew I needed it. I really appreciate this opportunity. And if your listeners are out there, this is Main Street in America. This is like the gig economy, and it's interesting to think about what we're doing in this context of this convention and why, why are we all here. I love it, and I really want to thank you. Thanks so much.
4: Thank you. Thank you for being part of the new Utah Thanks.
5: podcast.
1: Okay, so I think that's going to do it for tonight. Um, definitely uh, get out and vote. Um, listen to some random...
3: And you know, it's not just going to be over on the eighth. We're talking weeks to get votes counted. And, yeah, so don't think that oh everything's going to be back to normal. Yeah, it's you're announced. not going to know. You're probably not going to
1: know the real election. I mean, some stuff's going to be so landslide uh, that it you know it's it's obvious. And they are going to be able to call it most of the congressional districts. Unfortunately, um, you know, stupid Chaffetz and and uh, <laughs> Stewart. Man, and, he's a tool. You know, those guys are those guys are probably going to win by enough that. You're not gonna see. You're gonna see concessions from the Democratic opposition tomorrow night or on Tuesday night next week. Um, speaking of, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen next week. Um, we will have something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be you guys having to listen to me bitch about something for half an hour, forty-five minutes.
3: Or it might be awesome interviews from the party. We have been invited. The Election party. Or it
1: might be a day late. Uh, I don't know. We'll let you know. We've um, been invited to the Democratic... Yeah, we're going to be at the Democratic uh, Party can on you dress uh, up that? Um, Ooh, I think you should. I think you should go cosplay to Stuart. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> You'd never look at me, though. Nope.
3: <laughs> look at
1: what I can do. Not you
3: wouldn't look at me in I've been looking away from whiteys. you the
1: last half of this podcast as well. Because um, <laughs> I'm so funny. Um <laughs> uh, But, uh, we're, we're going to be there. And so we're going to maybe try to podcast from there. It might be a little crazy. It might be a little bit hard to do to get some space to do it. Um, but we're all going to be there. Uh, we're going to be supporting Misty K. Snow, uh, hanging out with her group and, and talking to other Democrats and, uh, hopefully winning some, some seats. Uh, it's a, it's a big party down, downtown. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to, to see some real, some real wins. So, uh, please get out and vote. And uh, I think that's gonna do it for the night. And uh, Josh isn't even fucking
0: here, so he's not here. So Jess, say goodnight.
5: good night.
0: Good
1: now
5: night. Get Jess. the
0: fuck out of my house and stop lip syncing into the mic. <laughs> <laughs>